So let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you that we can be here together. We thank you that you're such a good God, that you call us together from all places, Lord, and that you call us your family. And Lord, I pray your peace here in this place. I pray your revelation knowledge here, Lord. I pray you'd open eyes to see, open ears to hear, soften hearts to receive this morning. We pray against any distractions in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you'd send your ministering angels in this place to assist us today. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit, to work in our lives. In Jesus' name. And we all prayed. Amen. All right. My message this morning is called God's Masterpiece or God's Masterpiece Revealed. And uh, it's actually from a passage in, um, in the Bible's in Ephesians chapter 2. So you can flick there and, and then we're going to look at that in a minute. Ephesians chapter 2 verse, verse 10. But um, we were in Florence, and we were um, in Florence that the Statue of David is in the museum there. Does everybody know the Statue of David? It's four metres tall. It has massive feet, and things aren't in proportion, if you want to know. And uh, it's, it's massive feet, and it's a very big statue. But the Florentines, is that what you call people who are from Florence? Florentines? It's a biscuit, I know, but Florentines. They um, have decided that one statue of David that Michelangelo made is not enough. So they've now positioned lots of statues of David around the city. So we did a little explore of, of Florence and seeing how many statues of David we could find. And uh, there is a lot of them, but... Um, Florence is full of um, sculptures and amazing works of art. And not all of them are by Michelangelo, but, but um, you can still appreciate just the artistry in, in uh, what you see. And uh, I wanted to give a quote this morning, just because I've been in Europe, um, from Michelangelo. And he was a master sculptor. He actually painted the Sistine Chapel and he was only 33 years old, which I think is pretty amazing. If you ever get a chance to look at any paintings of the Sistine Chapel, it's, a, it's awesome. But he was actually a sculptor. That was, his, that was his passion. And he said, this is a quote from Michelangelo, he says, In every block of marble I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. I have only to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to the other eyes as mine see it. So when Michelangelo looks at a block of marble, he actually could see. He could see the figure, the angel, the David, whatever. He could see what it was meant to be. He had a vision. He'd just look at that and he could see it. And, uh, you know, God is much the same. You know, where, where I'm created in his image. So how Mike, Michelangelo was just tapping into how God is and how he's created us. But God works on us the same. He sees us as we really are. You know, we may start out as this, like a block of marble, and we're not really sure who we are, and we haven't, you know, explored our personality or our talents or our gifting, but God knows, because he made you. He made you. You know, it says in um, the Bible that he is a potter and we are the clay. And that he moulds us and he, he works on us. That he is the master craftsman. And uh, the secret about being, being that block of marble or being that piece of clay, being that person, is, is to allow God to work on us. You know, can you imagine how hard it would be for a sculptor to work if the marble kept on moving? 
or saying, no, don't touch me, you know. And, uh, but yet, you know, the, and actually in the piazza outside where, where the Statue of David is, there is this massive, it's a massive block of marble. It was actually so big we couldn't take a photo of the whole thing. And on one side, it's just nothing, it's just this block. And it's hard and it's, you know, rough. And then on the other side, as you walk around, you see this arm emerging from it. And it's just started to be chipped away. And you can see the precision that the sculptor would have to do to be able to bring, and bring that arm and that figure out that he had to know what he was doing. If he chipped the wrong way, it wouldn't work. You know, the arm will be all askew. And God is much the same with us as he knows us. He knows us inside out. He knows how, who he's made us to be. And often we get, we get over here, you know, we're born and we're born into sin. We're born where we need to have our hearts renewed. We need to have our spirits brought alive. And he knows. And so he says, you just come to me and I'll make you the person I want that you were created to be. You know, Psalm 139 says that he knitted us together in our mother's womb, that he created us, that he knows our innermost being and our parts. So he knows us. And the whole part of walking with God is letting him work on us because he knows who he's created us to be. And too often we just let to stay as that block of marble or we try to do things our own way and we never and you know deep down that you're never really being the person you you are created to be that God has a plan and a purpose for every person he puts on the earth and it's like Michelangelo says he says I see the statue as plain as though it stood before me shaped and perfect in attitude and action I know what that statue needs to look like even though nobody else can see it And God's the same with us. He looks at each one of us and he knows who we are created to be. And he says, just let me bring it out. And it's like those, those, that person we are can get imprisoned in that block of marble and we're trying to fight and and push ourselves out and do stuff our own way. And God says, just let me get the chisel. Just let let me work on you and uh, let me bring out to reveal that lovely apparition to other eyes as I see you. And uh, I just want us to think about that this morning. What is God's vision? What is his plan and purpose for each one of us personally? What does he say about you? Who are you? Who has God made you to be? Because too often we can go through life and we get to 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 and, uh, you know, like we've lived live life and, and I don't want us to reach those years and reach that time where we go, who am I? You know, that's why people go through midlife crises because they're like, who am I? And then they start to try and, you know, gather things around them to make themselves feel better. And it's like, who are you? What is your purpose? What is, why were you put on this earth? Why were you created? What is it that you have to contribute? Because you have something to give. The world needs you. God put you here for a purpose. He put us, each one of us here for a purpose. What vision, what plan and purpose has God given each one of us personally? What has he given you for your, you know, your family? What vision does he have for your family? What does God want to bring out in your family? What does he want to do as your family unit? You know, God has a plan for each family. You know, that's why he brought you together. That's why he gave you your family, your cousins, your aunts, your kids, the way they are, because they all come out different, don't they? You're like, how did that happen? 
How did that happen? Now, we have six kids and each one of them is very different. Some of them way different from each other. It's like, how did that happen? Now, look at us. But God, he knows. He puts each one of us in places in our family, with our spouse, with our partner, with our brothers, with our sisters, with the people and around us. He puts us in there. So what is God's vision for your family? What is his vision for you here in this church? Because even if maybe your family isn't great, and, but he's still got a plan for it, but he also gives you a support network called church. His family. What's his vision for this family here? And uh, that's what I want us to ask this morning. What's God's plan and purpose? Because he is a master craftsman. You know, we just returned from an amazing trip where we saw some just spectacular things. And uh, um, really, if you didn't think that God was a master craftsman, when you see some of the places around the world, I mean, we live in a beautiful place, you know, and when you travel, you see that it's clean. It's very, very clean. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's beautiful and spacious and all those. And you can really get to understand that God is a great master craftsman. He is a great artist. And um, there's no question about it. And he has also gifted and inspired many great artists. And uh, he's given that, them that gift. But you just have to look at, uh, have the privilege of looking at a sunset on a hilltop in Florence or, you know, on the beach in WA, or um, drive amongst the English countryside, or stand in the middle of a forest in Wales, and, and just look around you and go, wow, God, you know, all those things are really spectacular, and they are. But you know what? The most amazing, spectacular work of art and masterpiece that God made is us. We are his top of the top of the um, mountain kind of masterpiece. We are the greatest masterpiece that he made. We're his crown and glory. We're who he fashioned us in his image. You know, when he created the world, he left mankind to last. And I want us to take away this morning that we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. And Ephesians 2.10 actually says that. If you turn with me in your Bibles, it's... Um, Let's read from verse 8 because it's good too. Um, it says, For by grace you have been, been saved through faith, faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. And in other translations it actually says we are his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. We are, he, he has created us in Christ Jesus. We have been born anew. We are a new creation in him for his purposes and his plans. That he saw us and we are his masterpiece. You know, in the New Testament, it was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word for workmanship or masterpiece is poema, which is where we get the word poem from. So when God looks at us, he actually sees us as a poem. You know, he's, he's thinking creatively. And uh, he says, you're my poem. You're my masterpiece. I don't want you copying somebody else. I've put gifts in you, abilities, personality and experiences. And I actually want you to use them. God looks at you and he, 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 he's, he has creative thought about you. 
You know, you talk to a poet or any artist and they, and they have words and they have images and they have pictures. And it's like they, when, when they look, they see things. Well, God's the same with us. He says, you're my poem. You're my masterpiece. I've put abilities and gifts and talents and personality. I've put that in you. I created that in you, and I don't want you to compare yourself to other people. I don't want you to look and say, well, I'm just little old me. I get told off if I say that now. I just say, I'm just little old me. What can I do? And God says, there's no little people in my kingdom. Don't call yourself little. He tells me off, so I've stopped saying it. Because we can, put, we can put ourselves down and he says, you're my masterpiece. How dare you call yourself little old me? You are awesome. You're created by the most high God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. And I saw you and I created you and I put stuff in you, abilities and knowledge and personality and gifts. And he says the same thing to each one of us. So we cannot say we're just little old me because you're God's masterpiece. It's like saying to Michelangelo, oh, that's just a little old Sistine Chapel there. Well, that would be ridiculous because it's a work of art that's lasted hundreds of years. It's like you wouldn't say that. And the God says the same about each one of us. There's nothing little about you. There's nothing little about you. You know, many people, they lack self-esteem. And maybe even sitting here, you're saying, well, I just feel like a bump on a log. You know, I don't feel good about ourselves. You know, there's lots of effort goes into people trying to feel better. They worry about the kind of clothes we wear, the cars we drive, the houses, the job. Um, Always trying to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. I'm not saying that we don't care what we look like. You know, that we walk around in tracky dacks all the time. Although they are good when it's cold. But it's like, I'm not saying, God's not saying that either. He's saying, make the most of who you are. But don't try and, and, you know, compare yourself to somebody else and go, I've got to be like that. The world is full of that. And it's not just a female thing. It's a guy thing too. I mean, you see guys and they're comparing all the time. Am I successful? Look at that guy. You know, oh, he's got everything. He's got the job. He's got the nice family. He's got the, you know, how much money in the bank account. It's not just a girl thing of, you know, what we look like. It's how you feel on the inside about yourself. And God says, stop comparing yourself and focus on what I've called you to be. Who are you and what is the purpose and plan that I have for you? Because when you can sit peer yourself, it's a lot of energy goes into that. When we go into the focusing and comparison and I'm, I just, you know, it never makes you feel any good. What are you doing up there? <laughs> You're always, too much effort goes into trying to make ourselves feel better. And really we're not accepting who we are. And I actually read this thought this week that if we're not accepting who we are and who God has made us to be, that it's actually rebellion towards God. If you're constantly, I hate myself, I don't like myself, and you can never see the masterpiece that God has made you to be and creating in you, you're actually rebelling against God and saying, I don't like what you've done. I don't like who you've made me. Instead of going, God, here I am. You work in me. Just a thought. You know, I was reading a story this week about a man who lived in a tiny apartment and he died in extreme poverty. At one point in his life, he had been even homeless, living on the streets. This man never had any success to speak of, nor any noted victories. He lived and died as just another face in the crowd. 
After the funeral, some family members went to his little run-down apartment to clear out his belongings, and they found a painting hanging on the wall. So they decided to sell it at a garage sale. The woman who bought it from the garage sale took it to a local art gallery for an appraisal and was shocked to discover that the painting was extremely valuable. The piece of art that hung for so many years in a little run-down apartment was painted by a famous artist who lived in the early 1800s. The woman decided to auction off that painting and ended up selling it for several million dollars. Just think how the man's life, who had had that painting for all those years hanging in his dingy little apartment, might have changed his life if he had known the value of what he possessed. He was a multi-millionaire and he didn't even know it. And you actually read those stories all the time of people having just no understanding of knowledge of what they've got. But you know what? There's so many people today are living with priceless treasure on the inside of them and they don't even know it. You know, sometimes we have to take the time and the effort to explore who we are on the inside and really understand what we have already. Take the time to do that because you know you can get in this mad race of life and you never stop to go, who am I and what has God put on the inside of me already? What gifts and abilities and treasure have I got to contribute to the world, to my family, to my friends, to my workplace, to my church? We never take the time and we can be so, and we just think that guy was crazy. Why did he never, you know, check out what he had and yet we can do the same thing. We get so busy just doing the humdrum that we never ever appreciate and acknowledge the treasure that God has put on the inside of each one of us. We never appreciate the ability because we're too busy comparing ourselves and thinking everybody else has more than we have. And sometimes it takes to the very end of your life to realise what you have and what you've had all along and you've missed it because you've been running around in a mad race of life and you've missed what God had for you all the time and what he wanted to do and use you in. And I don't want to be like that and I know most of us would just think that's crazy to do that but unless we stop and reflect and go to God and let him work on us, we end up doing exactly that. We'll be like that man who had that multi-million dollar painting hanging on his wall, a treasure on the inside of his house, and he never knew what he had. He didn't value what he had. And it's so important for us not to be that about ourselves. Value what you have already. Value what God has put on the inside of you. Value the people that he's put in your world. Value your loved ones. Value your spouse. Value your family. Value the people sitting next to you right now. Because they're treasures that God has put in your world. And too often we don't value them until until something bad happens. And then we get to kick up the pants. But often it's too late then to tell them, isn't it? It's too late. Understand your value and understand the value of those around you. You're a masterpiece created by the most famous artist of all. But if you don't understand your value... You'll go on thinking, I'm just average. I'm not that talented. I've made so many mistakes. Don't allow those negative thoughts to play over and over and over in your memory box. Instead, every morning, I encourage you to get out of bed, 
And I have to do this myself because, well, you know, if you're a melancholy personality, you know all your faults. You know all your, you know, you know your little words around in your head and you've got to stop him and renew your mind with what God says about you. So instead, jump out of bed in the morning. Put your toe out if it's really cold, but jump out of bed in the morning and remind ourselves, I am important. I am handpicked by God and I am a person of extreme value and significance. I am important. I am handpicked by God. I'm a person of extreme value and significance because that's what God says about us. Recognize the value and treasure and gifts and abilities and personality of who God has made you to be. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. He made you. He created you. He gave you everything you have. And too much, often it lies dormant and because the world and the devil, he wants to squish And squash it down so it never comes out. And God, when the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, his job is to cause things to bubble up. To bubble up so that they flow over. You know, so that that comes out of an overflow of what's in your life. So you don't have to drag things out. But the Holy Spirit, when you allow God to move, he bubbles things up in your life. And it just starts to spring up. Spring up, oh wells. Spring up. So the reason you have value is because of what God says about you, because of how God sees you, not because of what other people may or may not say about you. We have to get past the point of caring what everybody else thinks. My goodness. We're still stuck there too often, aren't we, of what does everybody else say about me? Why are they looking at me that way? Do I look all right? Does my bum look big in this? Come on now. (laughs) It's a waste of time asking your husbands that because if they're a wise man, they'll never answer. (laughs) All right? It's like, you know, or am I getting grey hair? Is my hair receding? You know, like, you know? It's it's, It's like we have to get past the point of caring about what everybody else thinks and care about what God says about us more because God says that you're spectacular. And he says that he gifts you. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says there are different spiritual gifts, but the same, same Holy Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, and yet the same Lord is served. There are different types of work to do, but the same God produces every gift in every person. God gives gifts. He gives abilities. He gives spiritual gifts as well. He says some are called to speak. He says some are called to serve. He says some are called to be hospitable. He says some are called to teach. He says some are called to preach. He says some are called to do works of service. He says, I have gifted you with gifts and abilities. And when you come to me and you say, here I am, I may feel like a bump on a log. I may feel like a big block of marble, but you work on me. And when you allow God to work on you, then he starts to chisel away. He starts to mould away and cause you to be the person that you were created to be. So that those gifts and those abilities come out and they don't lie dormant. And they don't lie dormant so they can't bless your family. You know, God has gifted and anointed you to be the parent and the grandparent or the aunt and the uncle, the most spectacular person for those people in your world. But if you never allow God to mould you and work on you and chisel away some stuff that maybe shouldn't be there, you're never going to reach that person. And you'll look back and go, I wish I'd done a better job. 
If only I'd known that then. You know, we don't have to be like that because God gives us knowledge now. We don't have to wait to be the better husband or wife or spouse or, you know, sibling or aunt or uncle or grandparent. We don't have to wait. We can come to God and he gives us understanding and he shows us what to do. You know, I was having an issue with one of my lovely children one morning and I was like, Lord, what should I do? And he told me specifically to uh, go and get her breakfast, make her a favourite thing and uh, just bless her. And I was like, well, I don't really feel like doing that because she's been awful. He, she, I won't be specific. And, uh, and, um, and, and so he said, no, I just want you to bless her. And so I did. And boy, did it work. I did it three or four mornings in a row and it was the exact opposite of what you as a parent would usually do. You'd say, well, they need to just behave better, they need to be more disciplined, they need to be blah, 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 blah. And yet when I just blessed them and gave to them and thought about them and did exactly what the Holy Spirit led me to do, it just brought a change because God knew what they needed. So if you're having issues or you're having strife or you're just thinking, why aren't things how they should be? Go to God and say, God, you know, you created me, you created them. What do you want me to do? Because he is the master craftsman and he knows what's going to bring out the best. Too often we go through life and we're like, well, I'm just going to do it my way. It's my way or the highway and they just need to come in line. Mm. And God goes, "Uh uh-huh, well, how's that working out for you? If we come and just let him mould us and work in us, and, you know, he has a vision for us as a family. He has a vision for us as personal, just individuals. But if we keep on trying to do it my way or the highway, we're going to miss out on being the absolute spectacular masterpiece that God created us to be. He'll still love us. We'll still be great. But, you know, I want us to soar like wings on eagles, you know, like eagles on wings. What's it? <laughs> soar up in the heights. I want us to be those people, not clucking around in the farmyard, waiting to get our heads chopped off for, you know, Christmas dinner. Sorry, I just had a picture of clucky hens. You know, you're needed. You're needed in your family. You're needed in your workplace, in your community, and you're needed in your church family too. Everybody is needed. That's why God put us here. If we weren't needed, he wouldn't have made us. He didn't create you just to be nothing. He brought you here to make a contribution to life. And everybody is needed. Every role is important. You have a value because God said so and because he played such a great price for us. You know, Jesus went to the cross for us to set us free to set us free from our past, to set us free from, you know, that block. You know, sometimes that life can be like a big block of marble and we're stuck inside of it and it's like a prison and God says, I went to the cross for you to set you free from being in prison so you wouldn't have to be stuck what, knowing desperately there was more but never knowing how to get out. He says, I came to set you free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed, the Bible says. But we've just got to allow him to work on us. He is the master craftsman and we are his masterpiece. And he gave his life because he says you're worth it. He says you're valued. 
So this morning, what is God's vision for your life? What is his plan and purpose? And I want us to think about that this week. What does God want for us? What is the vision? When he looks at you, what does he want you? What is he seeing? What does he see? Not what you see when you look in the mirror. Not what you hear when you listen to other people that maybe pick at you. But what does God say about you? And what is his plan and purpose for your life? Why did he put you on planet earth? Let yourself dream. Because when we dream, we see. It might not look like much now. Maybe just like that big hard block of marble. Or maybe you feel like your life's okay, but deep down you know that it could be better. Because what you're looking at and what God shows you, what he reveals to you is what your life's going to be. If you keep on looking at your life in a certain way, that's what he's going to focus on. And God wants us, he says, I want you to see yourself how I see you. You know, Shara sang it this morning. See things the way that he sees them to see life and to see yourself, to see your family the way he sees them. What's God saying? What has he planted in your life already? What does he want to show you? Because what he shows you and what you're listening to and what you're looking at, that is what you become. You know, what you behold is what you become. What you focus on is what you've become. What are you looking at and what are you seeing? Are you seeing all the negatives? Are you seeing all the shortcomings? Are you seeing all the inadequacies? Or are you seeing what God sees? Let God talk to you. Let him show you. You're God's masterpiece. And the, master, the greatest masterpiece he ever made is us. And what he sees, he wants to reveal in us and what he wants to work in us. You know, we're here for a reason. This is just as I finish, there's a quote by Michelangelo. He says, I saw the angel in the marble and I worked until I set him free. I saw the angel in the marble and I worked until I set him free. When God looks at you, he knows. He knows that you're a spectacular, gifted, wonderful human being. And he just wants to work on you to set you free from those things that try to hold you back, to set you free from the things that still try to get on you from your past, to set you free because he sees that amazing person that you're created to be. And he wants to set us free to be that. Philippians 1.6 says, says, Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in us will complete it. And Psalm 138 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. When God starts something, he likes to finish it. Let him finish it. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are so good, that uh, you love us so much, Lord, that you love us so much you don't just want to leave us stuck in some of the things that we find ourselves in. And Lord, I pray that what we've heard this morning, what we've seen, Lord, you would work in us, Holy Spirit, that you would chisel away at us. Father, we trust you, that you love us and that you want us to be the people that you've created us to be. So work on us, Lord. Work in us and show us, Lord, who we are, who we truly are. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.